Welcome to Dad Focals, the show where we look at life through the lens of a dad. We're no experts and we're not here to offer advice. We're here to exchange stories on the triumphs and tribulations of dadding. I'm Sam, dad to three boys, Sonny, Van and Otis. And I'm Tom, dad to three girls, Bella, Etty and Maeve. Settle in for a listen, with or without your dad focals on, and enjoy. Remember, if you have any questions, suggestions or want to discuss any triggers, you can reach us at dadfocals on the socials and dadfocals at gmail.com on the email. The links are in the show notes. Let the games begin. Welcome to episode five of Dad Focals. Thanks for joining us. Um, so this week we discuss our weekends, exchange notes on the weekends, um, where I went up to the Dandenongs and, and did 1,000 steps with my with my kids and Sam went out to Bonnie Doon. Um, we move into a little bit of sickness and, and how to kind of manage your kids' complaints and then into how hard do you push when faced with situations of fear or when your kids are faced with situations of fear. Real tricky one. Um, let's get into it. G'day, Sammy. How are you? I'm really well, Tommy. Glad to be back in the uh, in the box. Episode five, and it's fair to say we have lifted the bar. We're in. I, um, I have to shout out to Aaron over at Platform AV, who is our first unofficial sponsor, Tommy, because he's donated us some, uh, some podcasting equipment. So no more just recording straight off the iPhone. Uh, so hopefully everyone can hear the quality coming through the speakers and um, sounds a bit better on your end. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. Absolutely unbelievable setup in here. And Sammy and I have managed to set it up in a certain way. In fact, Sammy did in a certain way that we can still look longingly into each other's eyes over the top of the laptop. Um, but hopefully speak into these mics and sound great. Well, the greatest, the best thing about it is I've sort of unofficially taken the tech guy um mantle and in lieu of that tommy's the official barista the uh the dad focals barista so he's made me two coffees today and they're both look i'd be lying if i said they're the best coffees i've had but they um they've done the job <laughs> uh I, I came into the co-working space this morning to to find sammy floundering on a call i could hear him fading halfway through and his coffee was half made on the coffee machine so i thought i'd better finish off um finish off the job but i couldn't find the um the milk jug because sammy where, where'd you keep the milk jug sam well, everyone knows that a milk jug lives in a freezer Tommy, there's, no, there's absolutely no point using dishwashing detergent when nothing's gonna live <laughs> nothing's gonna live at that at one degree in the freezer so nobody in this co-working space has milk in their coffee because no one can ever find the um the milk jug because when Sam's finished his last coffee, he, instead of just washing it and putting it back on the side, he puts it in the freezer. Yeah, that's a that's a hot tip. That's the number one. If you learn nothing else at Dad Focals today, learn that. Hey, we in the last episode we promised everyone that we're going to have our first guest on Brownie. Now, just due to uh, uh, logistics, Brownie will be our next podcast, which will which should hit the airwaves next week. Um, so you're going to have to sit through another one just with Tommy and I for one more week. And I want to kick off this podcast with asking you how your weekend was, mate, and and let's hear some uh, some dad stories from the weekend. Yeah, thanks, Sammy. It was a great weekend, actually. Um, so Saturday Sport was back in uh, with a vengeance. Um, we had 8 a.m. netball, 9 a.m. little lats, and 2 p.m. basketball. We had a couple of wins, a couple of losses, a few tears, um, but cracking cracking weekend cracking saturday and great to be back to sport putting bella on ice between her netball and basketball games just trying to 
um, encourage her to just chill out a little bit, but she did really well um, in, in both. So that was great fun to be back to that. And then Sunday, um, we had to go and pick something up in your in your motherland, in, in the foothills of the Dandenongs. Um, and Flick said, why don't we go and climb Thousand Steps? And I've felt a, a bit of a reluctance recently to, to actually get out of the house. Um, I'm becoming a bit of a homebody, I think, in my in my old age. And but I think what I'm really connect, uh, sorry, craving is connection with with Flick and, and the and the kids. And my default is probably that that has to be at home. Um, which is stupid because at home there's a million jobs to do. So to actually get out of the house, um, to drive to the Dandenongs and to, to climb the thousand steps, which was her suggestion, was absolutely awesome. Um, it was a cracking, cracking morning, and um, and the girls are yeah. So the girls are three, five, and seven, right? And they're good little walkers, but we thought this will this will really be a challenge. And as you're going on the ramp up to the first step, all of a sudden Maeve's arms have slumped already, and her legs and her legs are tired, and she's complaining. Etty picks up on it, starts doing the same, and we're thinking, wow, this could be a long trek. Um, but Flick had the brilliant idea of putting our three year old in charge and making her lead us up the steps, and she didn't look back. She just led us up at quite a pace, um, talking the whole way up the thousand steps. I think that's quite an achievement for a three year old, granted. She had an ice cream incentive at the bottom, of course, but um, absolutely amazing. It just set us up for a really good day. Um, and then we finished up with, uh, went for a different strategy, we watched Sing, um, the movie. Um, but what I said was we've got to have everything done before. Usually we'd watch the movie and then do everything, you know, bath, dinner, bath, bed. Um, but we decided to do everything first, which kind of set things up differently because it incentivized them to get through the chores quickly. Um, and, and meant that we could cut the film at any point and go to bed. Of course, we tried to cut the film at bedtime and uh, we got pushed back, so we finished the film. And uh, it was it was a great film and a, and a great weekend. An interesting point, Tommy, about uh, connection at home and and that being in home in some ways, sort of um, counterintuitive to think that it gets in the way of connection. Um, but I... I, I it completely resonates with me. This weekend, we actually took the family to Bonnie Doon. There was a few uh, uh, castle references on the way down <laughs> and even a few YouTube clips. But uh, And look, there's, you know, we live in a beautiful part of the world and, um, yeah, you know, Bonnie Doon is great. If there's, 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 It's very limited in what's there. Um, but in a way, that worked really well. The fact that there wasn't a heap to do, um, the you know the accommodation it was a lady from work um offered it up to us it's her it's her uh, holiday house and they're actually going to be building on it soon so it's it's effectively a knockdown place so it certainly wasn't a luxurious getaway um however just just being in a different different uh a different setting um the fact that there wasn't a, a lot to do probably helped and but to your point about connection, when we're at home, there's always dishes to be done. There's always laundry to be done. There's always the door handle that needs to be fixed. So just getting um, just getting away from it all, uh, as you know, as much as it seems like at the time, it's a lot of effort and you don't know if the kids are going to go in the car and you don't know the flights and this and that and you're a bit tired. It's um, more often than not, it's worth it, right, getting out of the house. Yeah, so did you feel a tighter connection while you're away with it, without all the distractions i guess for you and for the kids at home yeah it was good like so spent the i mean we had we left friday after so we picked sunny up an hour early from school um and got down there it was about a three hour drive and so we got there we just had a really simple dinner and 
um, and played a, a game of cards, and that was pretty much it. And then Saturday, yeah, Saturday we 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 spent the morning down at Mansfield, so we went to the park there. But the whole afternoon, we were either out the front playing cricket. Um, Sonny got rummy cub for his birthday, so playing rummy cub, or yeah, a game of cards, watched a movie. It just forces you to 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 do nothing effectively, and um, you know, and I think that doing nothing, doing nothing, it does certainly help with with connection. It was really good to spend some time with Mal as well in that in that setting. Um, but then you know, we got to we got home about midday or so on on Sunday, and got to enjoy a nice uh, sunny afternoon at home as well so that was great it was definitely worth the effort it was you know six hours of driving it was definitely um it was a, it was a de- decent effort but nevertheless certainly worth it and helped us sort of unplug for a couple of days yeah so, i think breaking the routine for good or for bad you know it just shakes things up um it's good to take everyone out of of comfort zones i guess um not that the body team is, yeah. is is too far out of the comfort zone but um yeah just to mix things up i yeah. think you know and, and I, like i said i was just my default was we've got to stay at home to connect which is crazy really um to to go away was even though ours was just a day trip it was um it was great and it really doesn't cost that much either like if you do it no so we you know we're really fortunate we didn't have to pay for the accommodation but even if we did it wouldn't have been a, a hell of a lot of money to stay there for a couple of nights. Yeah. Um, I think that's just another blocker in our head that it costs a lot. But um, you know, we didn't we didn't do anything fancy while we we're there. Yeah. We went to the local pub for for a, a, a counter meal and a and a drink or two. But yeah, it was really it was really good, really good. And um, yeah, and I think uh, I think the kids really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so. and I'm guessing you know you. you Previously on the podcast, you've referenced that, you know, perhaps you don't get time to play ball games. You obviously mentioned a fair fair bit of ball games and cards went on over the weekend. And was what was the, like, to, to go back to the TV thing, what was the TV access like? Because obviously you mentioned before Otis and trying to wean him off. Was there, I'm guessing you didn't have access to Netflix and everything on, on a telly as you do at home? Yeah, or? interesting. So they have a, a big uh, flat screen TV, they do, and but no Netflix, but they had a DVD player. And they had a, a, a thing full of DVDs. And so even that, I mean, very <laughs> subtle difference, but having the kids, I don't even think they knew what a DVD was. Well, actually, it was hilarious, Sonny, trying to get the DVD out of the case. <laughs> and then he put it into the, the DVD player the wrong way around. <laughs> um, so, but even that, like, it, yeah, there was there was a, a handful of, of Disney movies. We watched Shrek, uh, which I know isn't Disney, but, uh, yeah, we watched, I think we watched one movie on the Friday night and one movie on the, on the Saturday night. Um, but yeah, so um, and and then no other screen time apart from that, which was yeah. which was good. Not so easy to flick with a DVD, is it? it kind no. of takes time. But <laughs> I forgot that DVDs have special features. I don't know if you remember this. So the Shrek DVD, you, you, in the menu, you go special features, and they had a trivia game. Yeah, kids thought it was the best. So you got this, you know, this trivia game <laughs> on the special features part, and they had a karaoke bit at the end of Shrek, and um, yeah, so. Yeah, such yeah. a good film. Such a good film. Hey, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Tommy, was around. So, whilst we were we were away, and then um, yesterday afternoon as well, Van was complaining about being sick. Now, Van's five, um, so his ability to really articulate how he's feeling is limited, obviously. Um, and he started talking about it. It would have been actually. It was so Saturday afternoon. We went to the pub, and we sat outside at the Pony Dune Hotel. And it was then was was when he started talking about it because 
he started complaining about being cold. Now it was, it was chilly, but the other boys were dressed in the exact same stuff um, and they had no problems. And Van's not normally, um, he's, he's, he's pretty resilient. So yeah. it, it, it was, I gave him my jumper and then he was still complaining about being cold. And then when we went inside to eat, he spaghetti bolognese is one of his favorite things and he only picked at it barely ate otis came in and, and swept up the rest um so there was definitely it, it definitely um yeah it came across that he was feeling sick in some way and you know mel gave him some panadol and all that kind of stuff but then the next morning he woke up fine and he was fine throughout the day and then yesterday afternoon as well he started to 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 um, complain about feeling a bit yuck but he he also you know was asking proactively asking for panadol and yeah. um you know he needs to have a share he needs to do this he needs to lie down he needs to go to bed and i guess my question is now i i'm probably if there's a spectrum of um uh showing kids and people to be honest if there's like an empathy spectrum i probably err on the side of give it a rub you'll be right um and i'm not saying that's the right way it's just the way that i was i was raised and it's probably a bloke thing mm -hmm. um as a general rule and then mal's certainly on the other side so being a caring mum um, but also the way she was raised was more you know if you you got symptoms you go to the doctor or you you take medicine or you do what you need to do where i'll, I'll probably you know i'm sort of you go to the doctor when your arm's about to fall off kind of thing yeah. so so we're, we're on pretty different ends of the spectrum and hopefully we sort of um even each other out a bit but and there has been a, an occasion, well, probably a couple of occasions to be honest, since we've had kids, where I've where I've said to Mel, oh, "Yeah, he'll be right, he'll be right, he'll be right," and he's ended up having an ear infection or something like that, which can be really painful. And all you're doing by not going to the doctor is you're just prolonging the antibiotics by a couple of days, so you're dealing with a sick kid. Who's, yeah. So there's definitely been a couple of times where I got it wrong. But I'm all this to set up the question, which is. You know, when do you know? Where or not when do you know, but how do you play it with a kid? When when's there a time for wrapping them up, taking them to the doctors if needed, giving them medicine, um, you know, the real waiting on them that, that then comes? And when is it how do you how do you pick up when a kid might be taking that and running with it a bit? Um, and when they just need to give it a bit of a rub and move on. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's it's a question that I think as parents, you face quite a lot. I think the COVID has, has changed things as well around our sensitivities uh, of, of, towards illness. <clears throat> and I think it's such a tough one. Um, and, and, you know, I've heard many parents who are who are really empathetic have kind of missed a, a broken arm in a, in a kid if it's like a hairline fracture and stuff like that. So it really, even even those probably higher on the empathy scale, uh, scale do miss out on, do miss things as well. And my reaction to most of these things is trust your gut, trust your instinct. Now, you know, you and I are fortunate enough that we're sharing um, parenting with, with with our wives. So there's two instincts. And I think you've got to find a, a kind of middle ground there as to um, how to act and how to react to a, to a kid complaining of illness. Um, now, obviously, you know, we're no doctors. Um, there's some signs and flick again, similar to Mel is, is far higher on the empathy scale than, than I am. Um, so again, it's just about trying to find a, a middle ground. I tend to err on, oh, come on, you know, rip, you know, same as you take the bandaid off. Let's just get on with this. Um, I think there comes a point though, 
Um, but early on, we had a couple of trips to the hospital that were you know, really, really unexpected. And, and thank goodness, nothing was, was a problem. I remember vividly, I'll tell the story quickly. Once I threw up through, I, think, I can't remember, it's better already, <laughs> up in the air. And um, she didn't hit anything. Or, and I think it was just coincided with her going downhill fast. But it caught her and all of a sudden she was really floppy. And we and I was like, oh my goodness, I've broken my child. Um, and we had to put her down. And within half an hour, she was completely unresponsive. And we took her to hospital. And thank goodness, you know, we we moved quickly. It turns out there was absolutely nothing wrong with her, but that was a really kind of scary moment. Um, I think you just gotta you've got to monitor it. You know, kids are intuitive. Van's intuitive, you know, he's 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 learned off his elder brother as well that if he wants a little bit of um attention, he can how how to get it. Mm-hmm. Kids are different, as you as you sort of said, you know, Van doesn't usually feel the cold. Um my middle child, Etty, she traditionally does. Um, and she's more um in terms of build and body, she's more like Flick than the other two who are more like me, and there's a little bit um probably a little bit more chunk to, to us all. Um which keeps you nice and nice and warm. Uh, <laughs> that's the selling point, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's why you didn't train last week because you yeah. didn't want to get too cold in the, in the rain. But that's it. I, just to jump in there, Tommy, I I think that in a situation where you know Eddie was unresponsive and floppy, I mean that I think even I would go shit. Let's get him. Absolutely. Let's get into the yeah. let's get into the hospital. Yeah. I think for sure. Um, uh, it's just and. and yeah, to your point about the hairline fracture, I broke my collarbone playing footy when I, I would have been about 15 or something. And mum's uh, standard thing was give it a rub. But then in this particular moment, it was like, oh, we'll see how it feels in the morning. It's fair enough. You know, mm-hmm. sure enough, go in the morning, still hurts mum, go and get x-rays and you've broken your collarbone. Yeah. So it's definitely, um, yeah, just trying to get that balance. I think you're, you're spot on getting to know your kid and using your intuition, but not wanting them to... Um, not not wanting to wrap wrap them in cotton wool and not wanting to make a massive thing out of something when they do because I, I I really believe like I don't think I'm going down on a limb here that the mind's a powerful thing yeah and if you tell yourself you feel sick mm-hmm. well guess what you're probably going to feel sick yeah and so trying to um, trying to whether it's a something that they're they're scared of or something that is uh, you know they're they're hurt or they're yeah, I, I just I think the, the the language that we use and how we act can really feed in to that. And this this doesn't just go for kids; this is people as well. Um, so I'm just mindful. I'm just conscious of. Um, again, you don't want to squash anything. Yeah. But it's trying to find this tipping this tipping point between give it a rub, you'll be right, and then okay, actually, there's you know there's something going on, and not trying to jump the gun. Yeah, well, you don't want to set a precedent for pandering, right? Yeah. You don't want to be over pandering. So it's such a fine line. It's a real trick. To, to, I hope this isn't too far away from dad focals, but does Mel's empathy extend to you or just, just the kids? No, she she does. <laughs> Honestly, she, you know, when I'm sick, it's sort of like what you said the other day, the dad flu is worse than the man flu, which is worse <laughs> than the regular flu. Um, on the occasions where I am sick, she just, and it's the way she's been raised. So, yeah. you know, it's honey on toast. It's lemon and ginger tea with, with honey is a consistent thing, but <laughs> she, um, no, she does. Um, and, you know, and I really, I really appreciate it. So I do my best. Yeah. But like, so, and, and this, this isn't a dad story, but this gives you some, a, a little bit more context. 
I'll tell it really quickly, but we were living in Perth at the time and Mel was complaining about having a sore, uh, like tummy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you'll be right, you'll be right, you'll be right. And that was probably Wednesday. Got to, she was hairdressing at the time. So I got to Saturday and I was we were renovating the apartment we were living in. Got to Saturday morning and she's complaining still and you'll be, you know, you'll be all right. I'm I'm staying home on a Saturday to tile the bathroom floor and Mel's in the salon. So she calls me, I want to say it was 11 o'clock. She says, hey, I've got to go to hospital. I'm in that much pain. Yeah. And I say to Mel, well, I've just made up a fresh thing of grout. Can I finish? Can I finish this bucket of grout? Because you know it's expensive, Tommy. I'm on my hands and knees. I'm still even at this point when Mel's telling me she's getting driven to hospital by one of her colleagues. I'm still thinking because it's a little bit of the girl that cried wolf. Yeah. Um, again, Mel's one extreme on the other extreme. And I say, "Yep, you'll be right. You'll be right." And then, so I finally get there. Her appendix is about to erupt. Yeah. And like, and Mel's never let me live that down and you know i was 23 <laughs> at the time or whatever and i look back and it's and you know, i have a chuckle now so it's something i'm overly proud of but there's certainly yeah there, like yeah there's certainly occasions where you need to tread with a little bit more caution um, especially when your kids are involved and they can't properly articulate yeah um what is actually going on with them yeah um there's there's an acronym i'm not big on acronyms i'm, I'm not from a corporate world but there is one acronym that lives with me and uh, as I mentioned before, um, Flick and I did, did hypnobirthing with um, with Bella and then it played out to, to two or three really and now she works in that space. There's one acronym I took from that and it's it's BRAIN. And I'd actually take it from, I took it from the perinatal stage and now I use it in everyday life. And the, the B is stands for benefits. So faced with any situation, what are the benefits of doing X or Y? So let's say what are the benefits of, of going to hospital or not going to hospital? Um, the R is, is for risk. What are the risks of going to hospital or not going to hospital? Um, are there any alternatives? Like, you know, can you, is there a doctor on call or, you know, good old, good old Google? Um, and then the I stands for instinct and trust your gut. Don't leave anything on the table. Say it out loud because who knows what by voicing your instinctive feelings might lead you. And N is nothing. What happens if we do nothing? So it's, it's set up, as I said, it's learned in the context of um, hypnobirthing and, and faced with any situation or any decision for the direction of your birth or your children's birth. But I really think it applies in everyday life. And, and I actually use it yeah, on, on a daily basis. And I, and I think some of that applies to, okay, well, let's look at Van. Let's look at how he's feeling. Okay, what are the benefits of giving him medicine or, or not? Uh, what are the risks, alternatives, instincts, and nothing. And it, and it sounds kind of probably a bit uh, highfalutin or, or a bit over the top to apply that acronym to, to these kind of potentially minor but also potentially major situations, but I always refer back to that. And it's not like I run through the whole acronym in my head. It's like, you know, obviously some of the some of the letters in that acronym do always apply and, and others don't. The big one for me, as I said, is instinct. Just, you know, you've got to trust your gut on this. And, and I think, you know, Flick last week had a mole cut out of her lip. Um, my gut feeling is maybe the skin clinic that we go to are a bit knife happy. They're, they're ready to pull anything out. You don't leave anything, you don't leave that place without having your one bite of your body cut out, but you just can't take a risk with, with these things. Um, so I think, yeah, just to, to listen to the kid and as I'm sure you did, just to listen to Van and, and try and 
understand the way that he's articulating how he feels and, and to make a judgment based on you and, and Mel, your instinct is, is probably where I come from. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I am wary of, like I said, the language we use and, yeah, tricking you. You know, if you tell yourself you're sick, you're probably going to feel sick. And um, But also that it, it just made me feel like when when I, feel, when I was a kid, I used to hate having medicine and partly because I think they make medicine taste better now. <laughs> just yesterday afternoon when Van asked for Panadol, can I have Panadol now? I just, I don't know, I just, it just, you know, it said, uh, uh, I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um, not to say he didn't need it, and maybe he did, but I don't want the kids looking for medication. Yeah. And, and I'm not some, you know, uh, organic sort of person at all, anti-vaxxer. Absolutely, that's not me. Yeah. But it's just, I, I would try to, um, you know, shake something off a little bit before I was too quick too quick to have some kind of medication if potentially I didn't need it. I don't yeah. want that to be the, you know, the, the, the fallback, but a bit of a segue, but talking about the brain acronym and using your instinct, I've got a similar situation. This one does involve, um, this is a real life situation that I, that I, that I experienced a couple of months ago now. And I think it talks very much to the instinct part of brain, um, similar vein of what we're talking about now, but it does, it's not, around sickness it's around um something i use a lot which is choosing courage over fear i use that a lot with the boys courage mm -hmm. over fear um and you know and and the extension to that is what's on the other side of courage is is often really good stuff i don't know if that quite resonates yet um, but certainly courage over fear they get loud and clear certainly the old two boys and so i'll take you back we were at a theme park and there were and so Sonny, our seven-year-old, is very cautious, and he's not really into um, into to, to roller coasters or you know I was I was pushing him on a flying fox at Bonnie at Mansfield over the weekend, and it yeah. went a bit fast. He got a bit scared and mm -hmm. he got upset. Mm -hmm. So he's he's not into that kind of stuff, which is completely cool. Um, where Van is into it, but gets influenced by Sonny. So so. We're at the theme park and there's a ride, which is a kid's ride. And it's sort of like the giant drop, which, you know, for you got, for people that don't know, it's slowly, you're in a carriage and um, it, it takes you up. And then when you don't know, it just drops. And it's, yeah. it's effectively like a free fall. Yep. And this was just a real kid's version of that. So it would go up. It, I want to say it was five meters high, maybe. And then it would drop sort of halfway and then it wasn't a it was just like a more like a bounce back up right so yeah and i knew that van would enjoy it my instinct told me yeah that van's going to enjoy this um and he wouldn't well sonny said no and so van straight away said no he doesn't want to go on it yeah and we i have a, we have a, exactly the same dynamic interestingly with our eldest and second eldest right yeah very similar characteristics and approaches responses to to fear or potential yeah. fear yeah 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 so now this is a pretty extreme well a fairly extreme um uh example of pushing and i still you know i i, I still don't know if um I, I i went the right way about it i don't think there is a perfect way about it but so let so we're at the theme park i finally i finally effectively talked van in to to going on so we line up by the time we get it's our turn he starts 
getting cold feet and I'd effectively, to be honest, force him to get on. And we're sitting on, I'm sitting next to him. This is all just because you wanted to go on. Really. This is all just because I wanted to go on. <laughs> Look, why did I do it? I did it because, um, I did it because, uh, because I, I, I felt my instinct told me that Van was going to enjoy it. Mm. And I don't want him missing out on things because he's getting influenced by, in this case, his brother. I, I, I want them to choose courage over fear. I want them to do things that scare them. Yeah. Right. And I want them to push hard, you know, whether it's working really hard to achieve something or jumping off the pillars when it's scaring, I want them to take risks. Yeah. Um, calculated risks, of course. Mm -hmm. And I want them to push their comfort zone. And the fact that he, he, he was being so influenced by Sonny and he was going to miss out on something that I knew wasn't scary. Mm -hmm. And I knew Sonny could have gone on that ride, to be honest. It really, it was probably aimed at, it probably would have been scary, scary for a toddler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there was a bit of an ego, you know, as well. Like if, I, if I'm being honest about like my kids not doing a ride that I think they're more than capable. Yeah. Um, so you're in the queue. So we're in the queue. Get on the ride and the uh the harness comes down and van so i'm sitting next to him and he's 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 upset he's starting to cry at this point and then when the lady comes there's no going back when the harness comes. well the harness comes down <laughs> and that's when he really starts to cry now i've got my hand on him yeah and the lady running it who was a, a young girl she said oh is he okay yeah. i'm like no he's fine yeah right the mel is on the fence of the ride she's probably two or three meters away Mel's parents are always there, are also there with us. And <laughs> and that's probably where the ego bit came into it because they certainly wouldn't have pushed the kids or anyone into doing something like that. Um, and so the ride very slowly comes up and and Van goes to a point where you would, I'm probably, I'd say the word hysterical. He was, it was as much uh, as loud and as, emotional crying as what Van, I'd, I'd heard out of Van, to be honest. Mal's giving me, actually, before it took off, Sonny is next to Mal and Sonny's giving me a spray. Oh, wow. Let him off, Dad. Let him off. What are you doing? Let him off. So I'm having a spray with Sonny. I'm giving Sonny a spray <laughs> just because I'm pissed off. Van's there crying. I'm, I'm at this point, I'm thinking I've, I've gone too far. You've got, the, you've got the rest of the fairground watching. You've got well, the, the in-laws watching. Well, I'm not, I, and I'm not putting mayo. I, look, I, I am... I, you know, I can put a bit of mayo or GST as you call it, but this is not exaggerating. I might even be underplaying this. So as it's going up, he's crying so loud. People are looking like people, <laughs> just random people are looking up. Two supervisors from the theme park came over and said to me, is he okay? I'm like, no, no, he's fine. This right? is They would have stopped the ride if I'd have said it. Okay. Right? So he's, yeah. he's crying loud. And this is the ego part. So is it I'm all like, while the, the thing's going up slowly? So, oh, it's, it's going up. Um, <laughs> this is no, okay. No, no. So it's so so. By the time they come over, it had already dropped. But right. like I said, it's not a scary drop, right? Yeah, yeah. And it goes up and down. And so so, and he's still crying. People come. Technical error. Sorry, guys. Looping in. Let's go. So you're you're going up slowly on this ride, and the whole fairground has got eyes on you and, and your in-laws and Mel. <laughs> couldn't make eye contact with the in-laws <laughs> was doing my best to stay out of Mel's path but we're going up and down and, and there there are people walking past because as I said it's not a big ride and it's not going that fast but I can see that people are looking up like Van is yelling he's crying loud enough that people walking past and looking up at him 
two supervisors from the theme park come over and and say, do we need to stop the ride? And and at this point, 100%, it's my ego saying, no, he's fine. And I want to say halfway through the ride, all of a sudden, he lifts his head up, he opens up his eyes, and he starts laughing. And up until that point, I was, I, I had definitely was regretting my decision. I thought I'd pushed it too far. But then he, yeah, he, he, he starts laughing. I can let go of my hand and he's taking it all in and he's loving it. And we get off the ride. And as soon as we get off, he says, I want to do it again. And he literally got back into the line <laughs> and it wasn't busy this day. So within a few minutes, he was back on. And I reckon he did it another six times or something or six yeah, times wow. in total. And I just reflecting on it and uh, trying to reflect on it objectively. Um, absolutely. As I said, there was some ego at play. Um, absolutely. At times I thought that I hadn't made the right decision to really push, but then having him then break through, choose courage over fear, see that something on the other side of that fear is really fun. And then for him to go on and, and that was the highlight of his, you know, I remember asking him after what was the highlight and the highlight was going on that ride. So I certainly don't regret it because that was the outcome, but the outcome could have been the opposite yeah. and the outcome could have been I traumatized him. The outcome could have been he never want to go on a ride again. Yeah. What a, yeah, or, what a fine line. It, and, you know, kudos for you for, for trusting your gut in a situation where it would have been easy just to go, nah, okay, I'll, I'll back off. Um, you know, I'm kind of envisaging Disneyland and, and Mickey Mouse is shaking his head at, you at, this, at this point. <laughs> oh, mate, I, reckon I, would have, I would have given Mickey Mouse one of the guts, I reckon. But just amazing. And, I, you know, I guess I reflect on some um, sim, no, similar stories in that, you know, you, day to day you can say, well, you know, Maeve doesn't want to go to daycare today. She's crying, but I know by the time we get in the car, we listen to a couple of songs, she's going to be there. She's going to be happy. Um, a far smaller smaller scale. But I think with whether this is me or whether it's because I've got three girls, when push really comes to shove, like it did that day for you in the fairground, I probably default to Flick and her judgment. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've gone, no, 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 I'm going for this and, and, you know, against Flick's wishes or, you know, perhaps yeah, against any other disapproving eyes. Um, but I get really fearful myself, talk about courage over fear, I get fearful myself that this is into uncharted territory and territory where, you know, I'm exposed because I've made a call and I'm, I'm going to stick with it. Um, and yeah, just kudos to you for for kind of going through. And as you said, the outcome went your way, which is awesome. But you've you've got to you've got to, as you said, push people or, or encourage people to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Um, I, I think it's massive because that's where we find in life um, the best things, and that's how we grow. I think as people. Yeah. So massive moment for you. And as I do, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about this example. To, to, to learn from it and to, and to hear, you know, to be honest, trying to get some validation over whether I've done the right thing or not. But someone said to me, who I, who I trust and respect, um, she said, so I was thinking about 
well, I might traumatize him and it might do the complete opposite and he might not ever want to go on a ride again. But what she said, which I think is completely true, a, a, a bigger impact would be he might not trust me. Mm. It's the other thing. Like if, if I am pushing him so hard to do something and it ends up being a horrendous experience, um, implicitly, does that then create this, um, I don't quite trust what dad's going to tell me and what he's going to lead me to? Yeah, but because of the outcome and because it was for you, it wasn't like a blind, we're just going to run down hard down this alley. You knew Van, you knew his personality. You didn't push Sonny on that because you knew Sonny's personality and you knew Sonny wouldn't enjoy that. But it was a calculated risk, wasn't it, on your behalf? And I would say that Sonny Van now trusts you more than ever because of that experience. His trust in you would have grown because of that experience because you, you were you were leading him, as far as he was concerned, you were leading him down a you know, down a dark alley, but everything was fine. Everything was great in the end, just as you said it would have been all the way through. So, yeah, you did put the trust on the line, but I think it was an incredibly calculated risk. And, you you know, you didn't try it with his brother who's two years senior because you knew the outcome wouldn't be the same with Sonny. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's an element of, um, I think it was Henry Ford's, one of his famous quotes was, if you give people what they want, they'll still be riding horse and cart. Yeah. And so, you know, this maybe not this, I guess this, the van example at the, at the, the theme park slightly different. We're talking about courage over fear, but to your point about your daughters. Um, yeah. I think sometimes kids don't know what they want and sometimes we have to, you know, and we have to stand up and we know what, um, you know, getting, getting Maeve in the car to get to, to daycare. Like, I think sometimes we need to take that leadership and say, well, I, I actually, I know what you want and what you need, but you just, you're not going to like it. And you're going to push back at start at the start, but it is hard. And the other thing, Tommy, and this probably maybe another podcast, but, and I don't know because I don't have daughters, but my assumption is that I would, and rightly or wrongly, I probably would take a different approach if they were, if they were, a daughter would be my assumption. And I don't know because it's a complete hypothetical. I don't have any. But I think that because I'm, I was a boy and I'm a man and I've got boys, I, I think or I assume that they should do it the way that I did it. Would, yeah. And, and it probably would be a different thing if, if they were girls would be my hypothetical yeah. assumption. Yeah. You're, you're leaning on your own lived experience, which, you know, as dads to, as a dad to go, I, I, I can't do exactly. I, in these situations, I try to think of them as the gender thing being irrelevant, but there is definitely that bond with mum that at some point I have to, I have to bow to and just, you know, back off, um, and, and show, show respect to, and, and I'm probably not bold enough in most scenarios to go and nap. I know that this is best for everyone, despite the fact like you're saying, otherwise I'm going to go and, do this anyway and, and look there has been instances when i've done that i've got it right i've got it wrong to tie it back to the beginning of this pod um thousand steps okay we could have turned around at any point it's it's not like the safety belt was down and you're on the roller coaster um but what flick did so well was empowering mave to 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 make the, her own decisions and to to kind of drive and i and i guess that's the real fine line again is 
I'm going to make this decision for you because I think this is the best thing for you and I'm going to empower you to make your own decision. Because if you'd have given Van the rope to make his own decision, he probably would have said no because he was copying his big brother, right? Which is, of course, we respect our older siblings and we do follow them in behaviour. So, again, that real fine line of when do you give them the rope and, and the ability to make their own decisions and when do you, yeah, you really push them and, and guide them and, and try and... Uh, encourage them to choose courage over fear. Yeah. It's a million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Sammy. Uh, I think we'll wrap up there. Um, again, as Sammy said, we're looking forward to having Brownie in the studio next week. Um, awesome to catch up. That's episode five. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for your feedback. I'm hoping this is coming through a bit louder and clearer on, on your. Uh on your side but for everyone that has listened and that has reached out really appreciate your feedback it's certainly you know tom and i are really excited by this and um it's given us that bit of extra um inspiration to get up and running thanks everyone thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the show like share subscribe and all that rad dad stuff Remember, we're all just dads doing our best. No pressures, no guilt, just a lot of love and talk. If you're struggling with anything, reach out to someone. A problem shared is a problem halved.